Figma just sold to Adobe for $20 billion. By the way, if you don't know what Figma is, it's a design software, browser-based, used by lots of designers, quite collaborative. Anyway, the valuation raised a lot of eyebrows, but today I'm gonna to be showing you behind the scenes of Figma's marketing and explaining how their marketing earned them the rapid growth, and I mean rapid growth, that meant that this was a must buy for Adobe. And of course, more importantly, we're gonna be looking at the key marketing lessons that you can apply to your business, whether or not you're a software company, whether or not you're targeting an 11 figure exit, whether or not you're building the next Figma, you're probably not, but that's okay because these principles apply whatever you're doing. And by the way, there's one strategy in here which I've not seen implemented this way before, so trust me, you're gonna enjoy this one. Let's go. Welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. Hello, welcome to the Exposure Ninja Digital Marketing Podcast. My name's Tim Cameron Kitchen. I'm Head Ninja at Exposure Ninja. We're a digital marketing agency. We help our clients generate more leads and sales online. And that is exactly what this podcast is all about. As today, as I said before today, we're going to be looking at the digital marketing that helped Figma grow from absolutely nothing. They launched their first paid product in 2017. They launched it uh, free for a couple of years before that, but they launched a paid product in 2017 five years later, sold for $20 billion. So we're going to look at the marketing that led them to that. And their growth has been absolutely ridiculous. So you're going to love this. Now, of course, as always, you can watch the video version of this on YouTube. If you just go onto YouTube and search Exposure Ninja Figma, you will find the video version, which shows you, you know, the screens that I'm going to talk you through, but I'm going to talk you through everything anyway. So if you're working out, or you're in the car, just stick with the podcast episode. We're going to be absolutely fine. So what we're going to do is we're going to analyze Figma's website first, and then we're going to analyze the traffic channels that they've been using to drive people through to. Now, when we take a look at their website and we go back to the early days, I'm looking at their site from 2015. So the first version of their site when they actually had a product. It's pretty simple. There's a nice big headline above the fold that says collaborative design interface, the collaborative interface design tool. Then we've got some explainers. We've got a bit of information. We've got a few screenshots showing you how it all works. So that was 2015 when they first launched this product. They were just really testing it to get traction. But we can see even at this stage, they were pretty clear about what the software does and what it's all about. Like they knew their target audience, they knew their differentiators. Now by 2016, so a year later and still a year before they started charging people, they'd become even clearer. They made their software demo front and center on their homepage. So when you land on their homepage, it shows you the software right above the fold and shows you how it works because the best way to explain how Figma works is to actually show it in action. And then the rest of the page basically was almost like a demo. So there's not very much sales going on here. It's like, here's what it is, here's how it looks, and here's what you can do with it. So it's very, very straightforward. Now, I wouldn't personally have said, right, six years later, this company is going to be sold for $20 billion. But still, to me, this looks very much like a company that understands its offering and is pretty confident in its direction. And that's the first lesson that we can take from Figma. Because even though at this stage, the business was pre-revenue, they had a very clear marketing message, or they had a very clear proposition, which gave them a very clear marketing message. This is collaborative design software in your browser, and it makes your life easier. That's basically it. That is Figma in like a sentence. And it's genius. It's a new concept, sort of. It's kind of like Google Docs for design. And they've referenced Google Docs at various points. 
And their website in various stages is very clear on why customers should sign up. And by the way, they had to have a really clear message and they'd spent five years or four years at this point refining that message and using it in investor pitches because at this stage, they'd already raised $17.8 million in funding without selling a product. So it was that message, that story, that was the reason they're able to get investors bought in. So the lesson here is the clearer you can make the reason for your business or your product or service existing and the more compelling you can make it to your target audience, the easier it is to market. And this sounds completely obvious, of course, Tim, this is totally brain dead obvious thing to say, but you'd be amazed at how many businesses we get requesting help from us where we have to do a little bit of digging and we have to kind of help them figure out what their proposition is and how to present it. We do reviews every week of, you know, huge global brands, multi-billion dollar brands who don't have a very clear proposition on their website. Now, granted, a lot of the time, that's not because they're relying on their website to do the sales for them, but this shows that the more clear you are on your site about this stuff, the faster you can grow and the more quickly you can get traction. So having a clear message like this is vital. Whether or not you're trying to attract investment, it's much easier to market a business like Figma that can summarize its offering in a sentence and explain clearly why people should buy or sign up than one which is fuzzy or unclear about this. I'm thinking of one particular business that I've been reviewing over the last couple of days and you go on their site and they've got this kind of highfalutin, fluffy message about, you know, this is a this is a mindset, this is a, you know, a state of mind or yeah, but that your brand might be a mindset or a state of mind, but nobody actually knows what that is, right? Collaborative design tools in the browser that make your life easier. Boom, got it, understood, right? So let's try and simplify it. So that's this site um, from 2015 to 2016. And how was the business doing at this stage? Well, the product was still free and we can see by looking at historic traffic that their traffic was pretty low. It was increasing, but in 2016, they're at like four or 5,000 visits to their site through organic search per month, running no um, paid traffic at all. By December in 2016, they broke 6,000 visits per month for the first time. So there you go. If you're listening and thinking we're only getting 6,000 visits a month to our website, well, guess what? Six years time, $20 billion exit. There you go. So um, as we look at how their website evolves, we can actually see how they've sort of evolved their marketing message as they've tested it with their audience. So if we move forward into 2017, which is the first time that they actually have paid plans, um, their headline says, turn ideas into products faster. Design, present and gather feedback all in one place with Figma. They still have the demos really prominently, but you can see that they're starting to refine that marketing message and identify what that core benefit is. Turn ideas into products faster. Great. So they're focusing their audience, not on just any design, but on people who want to design products, to design software, to design user experience. And the main benefit is the speed. They've identified that that's the thing that most resonates with people. The rest of the site, they've got a really clear idea of why people buy from them. So they've got these sections on the homepage, everything in one place. It says, empower your team, design programmatically, and then underneath each of these sections, they've just got three clear bullet points, which explains why that thing is true, right? So everything in one place. The bullet points, never upload, download, or worry about versions again, okay? So they've addressed the pain point that their audience has. Presenting is as easy as sharing a link, another pain point they've solved. One single source of truth for design files, another pain point. So they've clearly done an exercise where they've identified the pain points of designers, 
they've identified how they solve them, and then they've grouped these pain points into different categories which they then present on their website. The really smart thing they do underneath each of these is that they have a testimonial from one of their clients which explains why that thing, you know, how that thing is true. So everything in one place, there's a testimonial for someone saying, you know, in the past, maintaining all these assets was a headache. With Figma, we can spend more time on users' problems. Is that good? I guess it's good. <laughs> and that's from one of their customers. So they're saying the thing themselves and then they're having a testimonial backup exactly what they've just said. So it's really smart and you can see they're so clear about what their audience wants and needs and how Figma solves that. Calls to action throughout the page, you know, echoed throughout. Now the next innovation, the final, uh, final iteration, sorry, of their website we're gonna look at is from 2019. And by 2019, you can see they've started to get serious traction with Figma because they're starting to use logos of really prominent brands that they've worked with or that use their tools, Slack, Twitter, Zoom, Deliveroo, New York Times. So they're really confidently selling this now as a better way to design. And that is a headline on their page. So they're being really, really confident. They know they've got something at this point. So that's how their website was evolving, basically refining their message. They've always been fairly clear, but just tweaking and refining their message to get clearer and clearer on why people should buy from them and what the pain points are that they solve. And then also gradually getting more confident as you can see that they're signing up more and more brands. But what was going on with company growth during this period? Well, there's a really interesting chart. So there's a company called uxtools.co and every year they conduct a survey to see what software design teams are using and they map this over time. And in 2017, the first year I've got any data from them, Figma was the fifth of five design tools that were being used. Okay, so it was the least popular of the top five design tools and quite some way behind the most prominent one, which was Sketch. Now, what happens between 2017 and 2020 is that Figma goes from fifth position to number one. In 2021, Figma is totally dominant in the UI design tools that customers use. So they've gone from last place to first place in the space. And that's what we've got to take a look at. We've got to understand how the digital marketing has driven this. Now, what we'd normally do is we'd start with SEO. Okay, so we'd have a look at where the site is ranking organically, what sorts of traffic it's gonna be getting. Now, they're doing some really good stuff with their SEO. One thing that you'll often hear us talking about with software companies is that you can run uh, competitor targeted pages. So one of Figma's competitors is a design software called Envision. So Figma has a page called Figma versus Envision Studio, and they're trying to optimize this to rank for Figma versus Envision or even just Envision. Now, this page is exactly what we'd expect to see for a competitor targeted page. It's got plenty of information about Envision because Figma actually wants to rank for that term. They want to rank for their competitor's brand name so that they can steal traffic. They can take the food out of their competitors' mouths and shove it in their own mouth, which is very smart, fair play to them. It's a really good page. It explains the detailed benefits of Figma versus Envision. And they've got a whole bunch of these um, different pages for all of the different tools that they're competing against. They know their competitors and they know how they're better and why they're better in certain areas. And that's what they communicate. The call to action on this page is try Figma for free, which is basically unbeatable for a software CTA. So they've got that. They're doing really well with this. Um, not only are they ranking for Envision alternatives, they're actually ranking second on Google for Envision Studio. So they've managed to rank second for their competitor's brand name, which is no mean feat. So fantastic job there. 
How have they done it? Well, this page is great. It's got a few internal links. Um, it's got a few external links pointing to this page. They're mostly garbage, but the Figma site in general has a really good link profile because they've got so much attention over the growth and the investment that they've had over the years. They do have an opportunity to level up their SEO. They're not perfect with SEO at all. In fact, there's a huge amount of SEO stuff that they could be doing. They could be targeting more design-focused phrases. They're ranking well for things like remove background, which is something that a designer might be searching for, um, but it's actually a plugin which uh, plugs into Figma than a, a core Figma page, so that's not much good. What you'd have instead, if you wanted to absolutely dominate for search for someone like Figma, is you would have all of the top tasks that a designer is ever going to want to do, and you would write pages which are guides on how to do those things, and of course, the demonstration would be showing how to do it in Figma, and then the call to action would be, hey, you want to remove backgrounds? try Figma for free to start removing your backgrounds today or something like that, right? They're not doing any of that. So they've got all this low-hanging fruit on the table. They could be offering loads more tutorials. We'll come back to tutorials later on. They're not. So there's all of that stuff that they could be doing, but they're doing okay for the competitor targeted stuff. It's definitely not the sort of SEO campaign that gets a brand from fifth place to first place and dominant in five years. So what about paid both Google search and social paid. Well, yeah, they've done a bit of paid, right? They've got a separate product called Fig Jam. Fig Jam is like their a sort of more informal whiteboardy type um, software. And it seems like they're using it or they're trying to use it as a bit of a gateway to Figma, a bit of a feeder product for Figma. So for example, if you um, if you have a look at their PPC that they're running on Google search, they're targeting phrases like drawing websites, which is something that a website designer might want to do uh, potentially, or it could just be a website about drawing, I'm not too sure. But they've got, yeah, they're targeting phrases like drawing websites, UX design, drawing apps, basically loads of design focused phrases, and they're driving them all to the Fig Jam product page. So Fig Jam is this kind of feeder product um, that works with Figma. Now, this is okay. You can see that they're trying to drive some traffic. They're not spending loads on this. Uh, looks like they're driving around about $100,000 a month um, in traffic, which, you know, obviously sounds like a, a fair bit, um, but they have been driving significantly more previously. But the main problem with this is that they're driving all of it to the Fig Jam product page, which is completely dumb, right? If you're going to be targeting a phrase like UX design or draw online or Venn diagram templates or drawing board or mind mapping, you should be driving people through to a specific page about how to do that thing in your software rather than just, hey, go to Fig Jam. The key, remember, to a high profitability pay-per-click campaign is completely seamless. It is completely seamless from keyword to, to search ad to landing page to call to action. So let's say, for example, that we search for UX design. Well, you'd want to see an ad that says something about UX design and then goes to a landing page for a UX design tool. And then the CTA is like, hey, try this UX design tool free. That would be completely seamless because the customer who's typed in UX design, they're just seeing the same phrase over and over again. Yes, I'm in the right place, I'm in the right place, I'm in the right place, I'm in the right place. But compare this to searching for UX design, you see an ad for UX design tool, and then you land on a landing page which just says Fig Jam, an online whiteboard for teams to ideate and brainstorm together. And you're thinking, wait, what? What happened to the UX design tool I just clicked on? So at that point, you're making the snap judgment that actually I'm in the wrong place. So they've just bidded on that keyword. They've just paid to get you on the site and you're now bouncing because the relevance has been lost. So this is just basics, 
right? This is absolute fundamental basics. And to be fair to Figma, they don't have much of a history in paid search. So it looks like something that they're relatively inexperienced at and they're still sort of prodding around at. Now, I wanted to find an example of a business that did a really good job of this. Zero, um, the accounting software is a great example of this. So if you type in invoicing software, you go through to a dedicated PPC landing page for invoicing software and the CTAs try zero for free right underneath a big headline about this is invoicing software. There's no disconnect there. You feel completely content. I'm in the right place. 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 And all the way through to the conversion. So you don't get this kind of dissonance of wait, what? What's this thing? What's a whiteboarding software? I thought I was coming in for UX design. Now on social, Figma is running some ads. Um, we'll come back to social. We're going to look in social a lot in a lot more detail later. But they are running some ads. Uh, the ads look really corporate and they seem to be targeting enterprise, which is interesting because that kind of contrasts with all of Figma's other marketing. Also interesting is that they're running ads on Facebook and yet they haven't posted organically on their Facebook page for like a year, two years. They haven't posted organically on their Facebook page for two years. So they're running ads on Facebook. Someone clicks on the Facebook page to go and see what this thing is that's advertising to them. And they say, well, this has been dead for two years. It's not a good look, right? Not a good look at all. So the impression that we're getting is that their PPC is like, it's okay, they're doing some stuff, but it's definitely not dominate your industry and sell it for $20 billion, okay? This is like entry level PPC. So if the SEO and the PPC aren't great, what is going on? Well, before I tell you, if you're interested in understanding how your business can grow and you want some free help with your digital marketing, the team here at Exposure Ninja have a free website and marketing review service, which we run. Here's how it works. You give us your website, you tell us what your goals are, we then go and have a look at your site, your digital marketing. You don't need to give us any info about sort of digital marketing that you're already doing. We find it all. We have a look at your competitors and we map you out your priorities over the next six to 12 months to hit the goals that you've told us about. It's that simple. The service is completely free. We send it over as a video via email. There's no obligation to use our agency services or anything like that. We do this honestly because it makes us a whole bunch of friends. People absolutely love it. And a good percentage of them become clients because they see the recommendations are like, wow, this is sick. We want to work with Exposure Ninja. And then some of them choose to do that. So transparently, that's why we do it. But there's absolutely no obligation to use our services. Now, if you want this free website and marketing review, you can go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review. That's ExposureNinja.com forward slash review to request your free website and marketing review today. Now do it today, right now, right now, right now, right now. Unless you're driving, then do it in a minute. If you're in the gym, wait till the end of this set and then do it in the break before your next set. Yep, cool. All right. So Figma's SEO, Figma's PPC, Figma's website content strategy, nah, that's not what's driving them. So what is driving them? Well, there is a clue in their organic search traffic. Figma's organic search traffic, the graph is growing at like 30%. So 30 degrees, imagine like a pie chart thingy, 30 degrees, yeah, good. I mean, it's sick. It's absolutely sick. It looks like a freaking hockey stick, right? And if you look worldwide, it's insane. There's no wonder Adobe bought this now because if they waited a year, the traffic could be like double, right? It's absolutely ludicrous. And in fact, their organic search traffic in the US does look to be about doubling um, each year, which is amazing. So what's going on? How are they doing this if their SEO is pretty basic? Okay, but pretty basic. Well, 
the majority of their traffic is branded traffic. The vast majority of their traffic, right? All of their top, whatever, what's this? One, two, three, I'm gonna say the top 13, 14 search terms driving the most traffic are all Figma. Figma, FigJam, Figma Download. What is Figma? Figma Pricing, Figma Community, Figma Careers, Figma Logo, Figma Design, Figma Tutorial, Figma Resources, Figma App, Figma Icons, Figma Templates. You get the idea. And then Figma. Someone forgot the app. So people are searching for Figma. Now, this is it. This is how they've done it. They've built a massive, massive community. This is navigational traffic. The traffic that they're getting to their website, yes, it's increasing like a hockey stick. Yes, they're doubling every year but this is existing people who know about Figma logging into the tool. So they're building this visibility somewhere else. They're building this community and they're doing it on social. So Figma has grown through building a massive community of designers and then they farm that community, right? It's like the my little boy Luca, he picked up a dandelion the other day and there's all these like aphids on the dandelion and then he's these ants crawling around. And I think the vibe going on there is that these ants are somehow like farming the aphids, right? They're, make the aphids like make this sticky goo and then the ants eat it or something. I don't know, it's pretty weird, but whatever. The ants are farming the aphids and Figma is farming their community. So they collect all this community, this design community. They make this big dandelion. Oh my gosh, what am I doing with this metaphor? They've got this big dandelion, all the aphids and stuff are on the dandelion and then Figma's there just farming them, taking the sucky goo, i.e. the money out of these designers. And it's absolutely genius to see. So what's going on? Well, they've got really active social channels other than Facebook where they haven't posted for two years for some bizarre reason. Really active social channels. So like on Instagram, hundreds of thousands of followers. Twitter, super active as well. Hundreds of thousands of followers as well. And they've basically made their social channels kind of like a must follow for designers. They share tips, inspiration and Figma tutorials. They are super, super active. We're talking like multiple posts per day. We're talking tips. We're talking community shares. We're talking, uh, you know, everything is beautifully designed. They've got like Figma icons all over the place. It's, it's brilliant. Go to instagram.com forward slash Figma or just search Figma in your Instagram app. But Twitter is really where the conversation is going down. So I'd check that out as well. And honestly, flicking through this stuff actually makes you want to be a designer, which I think is part of the thing, right? Designing, particularly if you're an online, you know, like a virtual, like our Exposure Ninja team, we don't have any offices, so everyone works remotely. And if you're a designer, you're probably quite sociable, but yet if you're working remotely, then you don't really have that kind of sense of community. Well, Figma gives you that sense of community. You're with other designers here right? You're talking about your lingo, you're getting inspiration, like you've got all the excitement and the energy which designers need. And they get that. It's clear that this business is run by people who are into design. So they've got these tips, they've got their inspiration, they've got their Figma tutorials, but they also champion the designers who work using Figma. And this is where things get really interesting. Now, Twitter is one of their highest engagement plugin, uh, their highest engagement, I just read the word plugin and said plugin, highest engagement social channels. And how many, let's see how many, uh, how many followers they've got. I think they've got like 238K or something. A lot, a lot, a lot, a lot for a business like this. And there's a lot of content on their profile, which is people making user-generated content. So uh, I'm looking at one tweet here that says, do you love color and Figma plugins? Yeah, me too. Here are a few plugins I wish I knew about earlier. And it's someone who's posting a video about how they choose 
their colors on Figma using a plugin. Now this is a video from TikTok, so they've obviously posted it on TikTok and then they've reposted it on Twitter. And there's another one, um, one week until this person and I host another edition of Building Blocks. And this is basically, there's two people, they're running a webinar on how to use Figma. And the guy who's uh, doing it is called at.dude on Twitter. Um, and yeah, no, seems to have no affiliation to Figma at all by the looks of it. Just looks, a, looks like a regular person, but they're running a webinar on how to use Figma. Um, another one here, we're having a lot of fun making our own washi tape in Fig Jam. Thanks for the inspiration, me, Dean, M. Dean Design. And there's someone who's designing some tape in Figma and they're showing how they do it. Now, this is user-generated content that Figma is then sharing on their page. And this is really effective. It's cool, engaging content. It's not pitchy at all. You know, if someone inside Figma was like, right, I'm going to try and uh, persuade people how to use this feature and make them sign up for Figma. It'd be like, here's how to choose your colors in Figma. And then at the end, it would be like, so I'm using Figma. You should go and sign up for a free trial of Figma and you should do this now. But they're not doing that at all, right? They're just like, hey, here's how I choose colors for my design. I'm using Figma. And it's really non-pitchy. It's really cool. It flies under the radar. It doesn't trigger that sort of ick mechanism that we all have when we know that we're being pitched to. It just shows that loads of people are doing cool stuff on Figma basically. So there's a social proof element here and there's like a credibility piece. I can see these great results that people are getting, but I can also see that loads of different people are doing this. This looks cool. I want to be one of the cool gang. I want to use Figma. But the interesting thing is if we look at the people who are posting this, we look at the people who are actually making these videos. So I'm on one of their profiles now and their profile says designer advocate at Figma. Now they've only got 1200 followers, so they're not an influencer but they're a designer advocate at Figma. Let's look at the next one. This person who's running the webinar, designer advocate at Figma. Now I've only got 1400 followers. So they're not, you know, they're not like a huge profile at all. They love family, coffee, hot sauce, guitar pedals, guitar pedals, more guitar pedals. So they're just posting about like different stuff. It's not all Figma based, although they are posting a lot of Figma stuff, but they're, they list themselves as a design advocate. Here's another one, designer advocate at Figma. You can find out more of me on TikTok. And it turns out they've got a whole bunch of these design advocates. So I was like, this is weird. They've got these content creators that are basically posting on their behalf. What's the deal? Are they influencers? Do they have some sort of paid relationship? Like are they on, you know, do they have some sort of like, are they paid project wise? Are they, does Figma have some sort of retainer with them? No, designer advocate is actually a full-time job at Figma. So they've completely flipped this model. Figma has a stable of full-time paid in-house content creators. It's basically finding these, you wouldn't even call them micro-influencers. These are super micro-influencers, people with fewer than 2,000 followers. And they're hiring them as full-time designer advocates that then work remotely. Their job seems to be to create Figma tip videos, share features, and run tutorial webinars. But unlike traditional influencer marketing, these people, like Figma's not buying these people to get access to their audience because their audiences are tiny and not particularly relevant. Figma's buying these people just to create the content. We can actually see some of the designer advocates that we find on Twitter, on Instagram as well, but some of them are completely different. Here's one with ux.edward, uh, who lists themselves as a UX designer. Um, and they're a Figma advocate. We can see another one. Well, actually it doesn't list that they're a Figma design advocate, but literally everything they post is about Figma. <laughs> Either they've become a design advocate or at some sort of Figma 
a parasite has lodged into their brain and the only content they're able to create is based on Figma. Something is going on there. So this is super, super interesting. This army of designer advocates basically means that when Figma has something to promote, whether it's a new feature, a product or event, they can mobilize this army. They get them all to share about the same thing. They talk about, you know, their live events that are coming. And they do all of this without seeming massively pitchy because it's not Figma shouting about this. They've sort of mobilized the army, right? They've got the drones all programmed. And as soon as they press the button, all the drones start walking and talking and saying, Fig Jam, Config is coming, Config is coming, you must attend. And it's absolutely brilliant. So they've inverted the influencer marketing model, really. This is really genius. I've not seen it implemented this way. So rather than buying influencers, on a project by project basis or even a retainer basis, like say someone like Gymshark would have ambassadors and people that they work with and they'd work with them over a number of years. That's not what this is at all. They're actually employing these people, but not to get access to their audience, just so that they can have them create content which doesn't feel too pitchy and it feels like user-generated content. They then post all this stuff on Figma's feeds. So whilst these, whilst I'm not gonna call them influencers because they're kind of reverse influencers, whilst these, uh, like own content creators do post on their own channels. They don't get much engagement there because that's not, you know, they don't have huge followings. They're getting most engagement when Figma reposts this stuff on the Figma channel instead. It's beautiful. Now, of course, this isn't all they do to build this kind of game-changing community. They host massive live events where they'll invite their audience to come along and like the CEO will talk through all of the new Figma product features and stuff like this and they go down really well. These give their followers a place to learn about new updates. It gives their followers a place to ask questions. They have these sessions where followers can come and like ask all the questions that they might wanna have about any aspect of Figma or design, and they will go through and they can answer as many of them as they possibly can. They also do some amazing grassroots stuff. This is a super cool hack. They give Figma free to education. So for students, they give Figma free of charge, knowing full well, firstly, that the one thing that students love more than partying is free stuff because they've spent all their money going partying. But the other thing is that today's students, today's design students will be tomorrow's super cool new trendy designers. So when those students leave university, what are they going to do? They're going to take their design software with them and take it to the businesses that they're working at because that's what they're familiar with. So this is a way of kind of Figma uh, I don't know, like poisoning the water source, if you like. And then as it draws down, downstream, then everyone is going to be into Figma, which is exactly what we can see happening with the uh, sort of exponential growth of Figma. So it's super, super smart. They've even just bought a promotional ice cream truck that gives out free ice cream and go, they go and park it outside universities and design schools. <laughs> I mean, yeah, if you can, why not? So the net effect of all of this kind of community building stuff that they do on social is that Figma feels really alive and really exciting. This super vibrant and engaged community, and it looks even more engaged because it appears that they've got so much UGC being user-generated content being created, which they're constantly sharing, even though most of it is from their designer advocates. But all of this means that Figma collects a ton of feedback from their users as well, because they comment on these posts saying, hey, can you do this? Or when's this feature coming out, which they can then use to inform their product design. It's brilliant. And it's the basis of Figma's growth more than anything else that I can see. It's this community building, the social thing, and this like inverted influencer thing, which is, I just, I just love it. It's genius. So 
What are the key marketing lessons? What are we going to go and take away and apply? Remember the very first one we talked about today, Figma knows why people should buy its software and it communicates this clearly. So how about you? Is your product or services vision really clear on your website? Is it clear why what you offer is better than alternatives? And if it's if it's not better than alternatives, well, you know, another reason, the kind of unspoken reason why Figma has grown so much is that it is actually better than alternatives. So it's much easier to market a genuinely awesome product than it is to try and find the angles on an inferior product to make it seem superior. The next lesson, community. Figma invests heavily in their community, like paying these designer advocates on a full-time salary. This is no joke. They've committed to this. They pay to invest in this community to make it active and build a place where its followers can hang out, learn and get better at their craft, whilst always making Figma the center of attention. So this isn't like, hey, here's how to like, draw a circle freehand. You don't get any of that type of stuff. Not that that's like a particularly thrilling topic for a professional designer, but you know what I mean? Like They're, they're not just teaching you how to do X, Y, Z. They're teaching you how to do X, Y, Z in Figma. So Figma is always the star of the show. Their, their use of the designer advocates as an army of owned content creators means they've got a rich source of apparent user-generated content, keeping their feeds fresh, meaning they can increase their posting frequency without it feeling stale or self-promotional. And they increase the feeling that the community is being heard. Because when you're a community member, when you're a follower and you look through and you see this UGC, you're like, oh yeah, sick. They're celebrating other Figma designers. Yeah, well, that person happens to be on the payroll, but you know, you don't understand that necessarily if you're just going through the feed. The third lesson that we can take from this is they're not smashing everything, right? There is always more room to improve. For me, that is the exciting thing for the owners, Adobe. There are opportunities, massive opportunities with SEO, pay-per-click and social ads to drive even more growth. With SEO and content on their website, I think they could probably triple their non-branded organic search in less than a year because they're not even covering the basics. So this is awesome. Now, I know that watching the Exposure Ninja videos and listening to the podcast, it can sometimes feel intimidating because it's like, well, there's so much stuff that I could and should be doing. But hopefully this is a little bit reassuring. How often do we see, for example, in one of these case studies that a business has picked, I wouldn't say one channel because you never want to be reliant on just one. One turns into a zero all too scarily as we've seen. But they've picked like a couple of channels and gone all in and absolutely crushed it to generate huge growth. And you can always come back and add your other channels later on. You don't need to smash everything from the word go. So work out what your top priorities are and go all in on them. And of course, if you want help working out what your top marketing priorities should be, request the free website and marketing review from Exposure Ninja and we will give you our take on it. Just go to ExposureNinja.com forward slash review. But I hope you've enjoyed this whistle stop tour through Figma's digital marketing. Um, the influencer designer advocates thing I just think is, is beautiful. And if you know any other businesses that have done this, please drop me an email, tim at ExposureNinja.com because I'd love to compile a whole pile of them for my own personal enjoyment. Until next week, see you soon.